up, my people? I'm Chris. I'm your host, and you're listening to Network Nation, the politically incorrect podcast where I discuss personal and professional growth so that you don't head to the grave with regret. You know, I got to tell you, selfishly, I'm not too thrilled about sharing this podcast with you. Selflessly, I'm super stoked. And um, as you guys saw from the title, I had my first deal that I lost money on. Womp, womp, womp. I have this little soundboard here. I should have played that little noise. Womp, womp, womp. Uh, but here's the deal. Um, there's, there's a lot of good that came out of this. And that's what I want to share with you. And it really boils down to two major points. And it's the takeaways and the learning experience, as well as the opportunity to do the right motherfucking thing. This was my first flip that was privately funded by a gentleman who makes more money than he knows what to do with, right? Like private jet money. And I ended up closing on the property today, selling it off. And I'm sending, well, technically the title company, but him, I'm sending him a wire of $17,000 out of my bank account to make him whole. And that's on his preferred return. His capital investment, he would have recouped just from the sale of the property. And then I went the extra mile to, to pay him out his preferred return. And it just so happened that the pref was basically all out of pocket for me. So what I want to do is just run you through this deal really quickly. And then I just want to dive into those two points around the learning experience and doing the right thing. <clears throat> so this was the fourth property I'd ever purchased. I was probably three, four months into starting my business. And like I said, this was the first deal that was privately funded. And I, you know, I look back and there were some, some mistakes made, but basically what happened was I, I got this property from a wholesaler, ended up finding out toward the middle of the project that it's not going to be worth what was originally anticipated. Um, there was some stuff in the rehab where we went over budget because of foundational issues. There were some contractor issues with reliability and culture and ultimately the length of the project. So first thing that happened, you know, as always, I had my agent send me comps. I looked at the numbers. I ran my own comps as well. And what I failed to do was have another agent or even two run the numbers on this. Because what had happened was my agent that brought me the deal was sending me comparables that were very, very close to the property. And they were across the street in a different neighborhood. But when you look on Google Maps, these neighborhoods look identical. They're both really close to campus. Um, both neighborhoods are actually good neighborhoods. And so it was really hard to tell the difference virtually, which is one of the risks of doing you know, virtual flips. <clears throat> Make no mistake about it, though, I've been able to scale and do you know, over two dozen flips, a lot, be- a lot of it because I've been able to do it virtually. Um, not to say that you can't scale in, you know, when it's in your own backyard, because you can, but anyways, I digress. So ended up looking at the numbers, everything made sense, but the values dropped dramatically in the neighborhood where I was purchasing this property. And so that was my first mistake, right? So I was, that's an easy one to learn from, right? Get multiple looks on this thing. I have Kara run numbers. I run numbers. I have an agent run numbers. I even have a second agent run numbers. And then I even asked my contractor, you know, what they, what they think type of thing. So I'm always, I'm just asking around. Um, 
there actually, I want to share this with you is a really cool story. I just put a property on the market on Wednesday and I was asking my agent what we should list it for. And she was saying we shouldn't go above 170, but initially had said, I think around like 154.9 or 159.9. And I pushed to list it for 170. Uh, the contractor I had talked to had said closer to like 165, 170 as well. Um, but I just, I was like, you know what? We, we got to list this thing pretty aggressively. This property I'd sat on for a while and my holding costs were adding up quite a bit. So I wanted to come in more aggressive and ended up getting two offers within the first couple of days. One was at asking, one was over asking, but the first offer had an escalation clause, which means that if another offer comes into this amount, that that initial buyer would go up to X amount, not to exceed whatever. And the exceed amount was like $193,000. So I just accepted an offer on a property that I had listed for 170 for 186.5 and then 3,500 bucks towards their cost. So call it like 183, right? So that's why it's so important to like, not only do your own homework, kind of listen to your gut, but also ask a bunch of different people. I mean, this is, you know, this is the real estate market. Like not everyone's going to be able to just predict with a crystal ball, what this is going to be, you know, no one's perfect at their job. And, um, you know, it's, it's really kind of an art. So anyways, um, that was the first lesson. Ask multiple people. Second thing, uh, found out when we got into the project, which we did a walkthrough, I had the contractor do a walkthrough beforehand and everything. It's not like I bought this thing sight unseen, but we got in there and we started tearing up some, uh, basement flooring, knocking down some walls. And we, we ran into some major foundational issues. And, uh, sorry guys, get a little drink of water. Um, we had about $17,000 in foundational repair that, that needed to be done. And it, it just, that fucking sucked. I was still going to make some money on this deal, but that really, really cut into the budget. I mean, you can imagine $17,000, right. Of unexpected expenses. And fortunately I had a healthy contingency built in, but still, I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, um, you know, I had to, uh, I had to eat it. So that was the next thing. And then as far as the contractor goes, I was just having some issues from a cultural standpoint. You know, I don't want to point fingers, but, um, this gentleman had a really hard time trusting with finances and I'm, you know, I'm an easy investor to work with. I'll, I'll pay you within a couple of days if everything makes sense and checks out. And so there, I don't know, there was just something going on with him where, you know, he was taking out a bunch of other jobs. I don't know if he was just spread too thin or whatever it was. Um, he was taking way longer to do the project than anticipated. I mean, he was saying like five to six months cause it was a big project ended up taking a year. And so what that did to my holding costs is it fucking shot those right up, which ate into my costs as well. And this is a, you know, this loan that I had on the property was for 230,000. So with the preferred return, and the interest I was paying and the, you know, taxes, it was, it's in a good area, everything like that, like that adds up. And so a year of holding costs, maybe even slightly longer, um, it just, it completely sunk my deal. And I ended up, you know, so when you take the, the fact that the property is now not worth as much because of the whole neighborhood comp thing, plus the foundational issues that we didn't foresee going into the project, plus the holding costs from, you know, the, the contractor relationship standpoint, I was upside down and it, it, it is what it is. And it happened. And, um, you know, all three of those things though, I can take away such awesome learning experiences, you know, running my numbers better, getting a thorough inspection of the property. And even with that, there's still going to be some risk. Even inspectors can't catch everything. And that's just the nature of risk with rehab. 
with rehab projects. And that's why you have to buy these properties with such good margin. And I got this property from a wholesaler where the margins, you know, they were, they were decent initially, but obviously turned out not to be, but I could still hedge my risk by doing a thorough inspection. And then with the contractor relationship piece, you know, that's just a learning experience. You guys, we got to work with these people. You got to understand how it is. I mean, there's a reason why leadership and managing people is the hardest motherfucking thing to a business especially when they're contracted and they don't actually work for you. And so that's, that was a learning experience in of itself on how to properly ask the right questions, vet these people out, you know, just stay on top of them as far as the project and and project management and all that kind of stuff. And basically hold their hand a lot more in the beginning, you know? So definitely learn those lessons. And I, and you know, because of that, I'm super thankful. I mean, I just, I just had to send this wire out 17 K for my bank account and that sucked. But then I instantly reflect on the lessons and I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you know, your shit now. So don't make the same fucking mistake twice or then you're just an idiot. Right. And then the second piece, the second main thing that I want to hit on with this episode is it was an opportunity to do the right thing. You know, this investor, like I said, he makes more money than he knows what to do with. Whereas me, I'm trying to soak up every dollar I can being new to the game, but I still did the right thing by paying him. Obviously not only his capital, that's a given, right? Because the, I mean, he had the, the payout from this property property was still enough to pay off his, his capital contribution, but I also paid him his preferred return. So he made the money that he initially thought he was going to make. There was a small, small sliver, like super small sliver of a profit share in there that he didn't get because we didn't make any profit, but it was still just an opportunity to do the right thing. And the one thing that I did with him all throughout the project was I over-communicated. I told him, I said, Hey, I got steered the wrong direction with the numbers. And this is where it's looking like, Hey, we ran into some foundational issues and this is what it's looking like. Hey, we're having contractor issues here. Like he has seen me go through this project and has kind of been there along for the ride and, and has witnessed me experience this pain throughout the project. Cause I didn't want him to think that I just fucking blew the project. Wasn't paying attention to it, whatever. So I over communicated to him as uncomfortable as it was. And as embarrassing as it was, I still did that. And then I still went to him and I said, Hey, just know I'm still going to make you whole on this because that's how I work. And one of the advantages to using other people's money to make money for the business is that I can bring in an outside investor or an outside loan and do a project. And then I collect the proceeds and that, and it builds up my bank account to the point where when things like this do happen, I have the ability to make my investors whole. And so I was a little worried that he would never want to do a deal with me again kind of thing. But at the end of the day, everyone is going to run into hardship. Everyone's going to lose opportunity, lose relationships, lose money at some point. It's just a matter of how you handle those things, right? It's no different than Michael Jordan missing more fucking shots than practically anybody. Yet he's known as the greatest because he never let it determine who he was from a brand standpoint or from his athletic abilities. And it's the same kind of thing. So we're still doing deals to this day. You know, he still wants to continue to do deals. He thinks very highly of me. We just had a really good conversation a few nights ago. And ultimately you guys, it is what it is. So the, I just wanted to share those, those really couple of main points when you're going through something in your life and it really doesn't matter if it's a relationship, personal business, you know, entrepreneurship, whatever, but especially in business, learn from your mistakes and then they're not so bad when you don't learn from them or when you don't give a fuck or when you don't put in the effort, that's when it'll start to eat at you because you're not improving your skill set and you got to live with the mistakes. 
So learn from your fucking mistakes and you'll see it as a learning opportunity and it doesn't, it lightens the load on your shoulders. It's really not so bad because you know, you're not going to do that shit again. I'm not nearly as aggressive as I was in the beginning with my flips because I've learned a lot. So like I can slow it down a little bit. I can buy more deals. But when you leave your job two weeks into a flip, you're scratching and clawing. You're just trying to get projects going. And that's also the nature of the game. So learn from your mistakes. And then the second thing is do the right fucking thing. You have one name. That's it. One name. But you have a shitload of deals, a shitload of investors, a shitload of opportunity that comes your way. So when those things go south, your name should not go with it. Your name is everything. So do the right thing. I just got done basically paying a fucking used car today to an investor over money that I realistically could have went to him and said, Hey, I'm so sorry, but we lost money on this project. And he would have understood. You know, I understand. I get it. It's the nature of the game. And he even said, you know, if we lose a little bit of money on this, it's not really a big deal. And that, that was when I came in. I said, well, you know, I'm going to make you whole at the very minimum on your capital contribution, but most likely on your preferred return as well. And so he was okay with actually losing a a little bit of money. And not only did he get all his capital back, he actually got his pref back too. And that feels really, really good. Because I know that's going to come back around because when he's out on the golf course with his buddies or he's on his fucking private jet, guess guess who he's going to bring up? So that's really what I have for you guys today. Remember, learn from your motherfucking mistakes and do the right motherfucking thing. I love you guys. I'll see you on the next episode.